Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus it's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. I'm very excited for today's episode because, as you may know, the Hall of Fame announcements will occur in about a week. And a favorite all time Met is on the ballot for the first time. Carlos Beltran. So we will devote this episode to Beltran himself, his legacy as a Met, his time with the Mets, how we feel about him now, how we would treat him if he ends up in the Hall of Fame, especially with the Met cap on. So we focus on Carlos Beltran on today's Rico. Couple of quick things. Very excited to tell you that we'll have a bonus edition of the Rico this week in honor of the New York Giants taking on the Philadelphia Eagles and in honor of Foo Philly, something my partner Craig Carton created many years ago. We will have a very special edition, a Foo Philly edition of Rico Bronia, where we will talk about all the things we hate about the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, a couple of things. I mentioned late in the podcast last time about possibly doing a rewatch where we pick a Met game in history. Uh, it's available on YouTube. Give ourselves a couple of weeks. We all watch the game, and then we have a podcast basically reacting to the game that we watched, whether it's a game that we watched a long time ago or a game maybe we never saw in the history, in the annals of the New York Mets. I'm noticing in the emails and the tweets a common game. And I'm very surprised by this because I really wasn't sure what Met fans were going to say. I figure, you know, maybe you'll bring up game six NLCS against the Astros in 86. 
Maybe you just say Game 686 World Series. But I'm seeing a lot of negativity. It's almost like we're masochists as Met fans. I'm noticing, and I've seen this a bunch of times now, the idea that we should all rewatch Game 7 of the 2006 National League Championship Series, which is kind of ironic that we're talking about that as we prepare to do a podcast devoted to Carlos Beltran. But I don't understand this. Now, Pete, you explain this to me. Are you a masochist? Like, would you like to go back and watch one of the most painful games in the history of the franchise? I'm a Mets fan, so I think the answer has to be yes. (laughs) I don't understand this. Like, why? Especially most of the audience. Not everybody, because I'm sure we have some people in their early 20s, late teens who don't remember 2006. Maybe they were alive, they don't remember the game. But we all remember the game. Like, do you really want to go back and watch that? There's other bad moments in Met history we could rewatch. You want to watch game one of the 2000 World Series while we're at it? Want to watch, I don't know, game five of the 2000 World Series or game five of the 2015 World Series. I mean, there are so many examples of crap we can go back and rewatch. It's weird that that's the game that people want to see again. I think that that game symbolizes the moment where what could have been we felt that that team and we've talked about this before m- multiple times and you you know uh, we just felt that that team had something about them where they were destined to win the world series and that moment it was set up for us and instead of Carlos Beltran walking it off it was strike 3 game over, season over, and then we saw what the Cardinals did versus the Tigers, and like, oh, that could have been us. So there's a lot of that back and forth, I think, feel. Oh, oh, I get it. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I I will still listen to the people, so obviously you can email us, B at gmail.com, tweet at us. Let me just suggest one game, and I'm not going to force this upon the people, but I want to suggest a game that, I have to be honest with you, I'm not sure I've ever watched. It's a little bit before my time. But I think it could be a good learning experience. Game seven of the 1986 World Series. And the reason I bring that game up is we all know about game six. I mean, it's it's legendary. We all know about game six of the NLCS. But game seven of the World Series, think about this. Winner take all game. Following the dramatics of winning game six. And the Mets were losing the game. Like, it's almost a forgotten about treasure in Met history. Game seven of the World Series, we're trailing in the game. We come back. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not going to be a dictator on this, okay? I'm not going to force a pot of game onto all of us, but it was a game I thought about. Like, that could be fun to watch the last time the Mets won the World Series in what is sort of a forgotten game in the history of the franchise. So I, I love that idea. That's actually a really great idea. I mean, it'll be depressing again because that's been so long ago. The other thing, the thing that I was thinking, the game I was thinking of is because we were both there that day. We, I don't think I even knew, you definitely didn't know who I was at the time. I don't think I was even working at the station yet. Uh, but the Johan Santana no hitter. Ah, the Johan no hitter. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, that's, would, a, that's a happy one. That makes me smile. And, and that's something that we should do. We should invest into some of the, the highlights of the Mets' career, a little bit the history, and that's a game. Again, we were both in the stadium. We both weren't sitting next to each other. I'd love to hear your take of of certain plays, certain situations, the finale when at the end we even saw Gary Carter jump on the field, even though it wasn't Gary Carter. Like just the, the <laughs> euphoria of those moments. I'd love I'd love to go through it with you. So that be that right. awesome for me. So that's the nominee from Pete. I'm nominating Game Seven Eighty Six. I'll continue to sift through the emails and tweets, and we'll make a decision coming up in the next week or so. All right, one other thing before we get started. Obviously, Adam Duvall signs with the Boston Red Sox. That was the fourth outfielder apple of my eye. If we were picking guys we preferred, and he signed a reasonable deal with Boston, one year, $8 million. Brian Anderson, who was not the apple of any of our eyes, went to Milwaukee. He would have been another nice option. But the Mets respond. The Mets have obviously signed Tommy Pham, Two one-year contract, uh, about $6 million in guarantees, a couple of million dollars in incentives. This is a name we talked about briefly when mentioning a fourth outfield option. I was never enamored with Tommy Pham for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's going to be 35 years old when this season starts. He was not very good a year ago. He was not very good in 2021. While he was a productive player in 17, 18, and 19, we're talking about four years ago now. Uh, He is slightly better against lefties, so the splits obviously favor him as a guy who will get most of his at-bats against left-handed pitching. But he's not great defensively. He doesn't steal the same amount of bases he used to. I just don't think he's that productive of a player. Now, I also understand we're talking about a fourth outfielder. I think at times when we spoke about this spot, we not only envisioned a fourth outfielder, but a guy who could slide in and be that right-handed designated hitter. Because Darren Ruff, to me, is not an option to be on this team. It doesn't feel like the Mets are looking at Francisco Alvarez as that option as much as I'd like him to be that option. So right now you're talking about Mark Vientos possibly getting that opportunity, which is fine. You know, Vientos could be could be great. You know, He could put it all together. He wasn't exactly given much of an opportunity last year. Tommy Pham is not that guy. Now, I don't view Tommy Pham as somebody that's going to get a bunch of at-bats as the right-handed DH. And if he does, that's not ideal. Now, Tommy Pham is a depth guy. Tommy Pham is a fourth outfielder. And I think when we talked about this, ideally it was a guy who, yes, could fit as a fourth outfielder, but also be good enough offensively where you'd want to play him a lot, especially against lefties. Tommy Pham's not that. The other thing about Tommy Pham, and and I don't know if this is as big of a deal as it would have been, say, two years ago prior to the DH, you look at his numbers as a pinch hitter, they're terrible. Uh, Is there a reason for that? I don't know. I'm looking at his entire career, so it's not a small sample size. Some guys are just not good as pinch hitters. Some guys just don't perform as well as DHs. Tommy Pham in his major league career, look him up, is a two fifteen hitter coming off the bench as a pinch hitter. So that's not even a strength of his. So he's really a guy who you stick in left field 
maybe right field if there are injuries. And I wouldn't even look him as look at him as my number one option to play left field if I'm not playing Marcana because one guy I would love to see in the mix is Brett Beatty. Because if Eduardo Escobar is producing at third base and Daniel Vogelbach is producing against right-handed pitchers as the lefty DH, where does Beatty get his at-bats? Potentially left field. We talked more about that when it appeared Correa was going to be on this team. That was going to be his avenue to get a lot of at-bats. And look, I think Beatty still gets a lot of his at-bats at third base, maybe some at DH, but there's an avenue for him to play in left field. So overall, we knew they were going to add a fourth outfielder. Tommy Pham was not at the top of my list. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to panic, but I'm also not going to sugarcoat it and tell you this is a great move.